So what we see here in these screenshots, let me pull these up. First of all, there's a toggle. So these are all settings toggles. There's a toggle for LiDAR, which confirms the presence of the LiDAR sensor in the iPhone. Under the sensor, it says, this enables LiDAR-assisted autofocus and subject detection for video and night mode. How do you feel? I mean, (laughs) here's the thing. Like, even back to like the 120, like for me personally, like I, I don't think it would really be much of like a, a game changer, like a deal breaker. I agree with you. Like it I is a really, you. really nice feature and like I love it. But for me, like it really doesn't make that big of a deal. Now, right. I mean, jumping probably way ahead, but having it on the Note 20 and like the Galaxy devices back to gaming, like I'm excited personally for like the Xbox yes. Game Pass, like that coming, like that is, I'm excited about. But for an iPhone... I don't know. It's not going to be it's not going to be a big deal breaker for me. Welcome to Geared Up, brought to you by National Car Rental. I'm Andrew Edwards. John Rettinger is away this week. Geared Up is your weekly look at the world of consumer electronics and gadgets. We do have, however, a special co-host this week, not just a guest. This is the return of the CES Superpower tag team when I was doing a national car rental live stream. If you watch me do that, 90 minutes, no commercial breaks, craziness. The best guest out of the whole hour and a half was Miss Jenna Azarek. And Jenna is here to join us this week. Jenna, how are you doing today? Hello, I'm doing well. Wow, the best guest. I hope the other guests don't hear this and think, huh, <laughs> but I appreciate it. It's so nice to, you know, to be back into like a, I was going to say like a little tech event because we haven't been having any of those, but right. it's nice to talk to you again and, you know, get some sense of normalcy. It's back nice to, to talk to other human life. beings, basically. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is what you're it's trying so to nice. Say. I just like <laughs> talk to myself and the dog, you know, it gets lonely. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I have a lot of dogs here and... I talk to them about everything just because who who else understands the world that we live in it's better true. than them, right? Especially and they now. Listen. They oh, definitely listen because they're trying to understand you. And I think they can understand us, but I could talk about dogs the entire time. So I, I, <laughs> I won't get sidetracked. <laughs> All right, Jenna, in case people are unaware of who you are and why you're on this show, let them know. What do you do? Who are you? My name is Jenna Izarek. I've been doing YouTube for the past 10 years, and I do a lot of tech, lifestyle, gaming, sometimes bad cooking. And you can find me, Jenna Izarek, <laughs> on all of the platforms. Same name everywhere. <laughs> that's easy. Yeah. We did mention CES, though, and that's actually the first topic of conversation. Tech events, big tech events. We have seen cancellations across the board early on you know, in the year which have transformed into virtual events. A lot of them, in my personal opinion, pretty poor. Mm-hmm. Zoom meetings <laughs> where it's just people's faces and people trying to show you stuff, not that great. And then Apple came through with WWDC, which was basically like watching a Hollywood blockbuster movie as mm-hmm. far as like production quality goes. Samsung's recent event, I also thought, not that great. I mean, they had a stage, but people can't see us, but you winced. Yeah, I did. I did. I was like, oh, I'm very expressive. I do agree. Yeah. I mean, I honestly like WWDC, Apple's event, like I think they, you know, I think they killed it. And I know people were like wondering, like, are they going to do it live? Is it going to be pre-recorded? But I really think that the pre-recorded was the best way to go. It wasn't awkward or uncomfortable. I think it was, it was, it was like watching a Hollywood blockbuster. And I really, really enjoyed what Apple did. Yeah. It was so good that 
many people have said, even if we find a vaccine and social distancing doesn't have to be a thing anymore, this is how they should do it going forward every year. They should have a presentation like this, I guess for media like us, bring us in and just show it to us like on a movie theater screen and then give us hands-on time. That's how good it was compared to the typical, you know, just taking the stage and doing demos. It was really good. But I mean, even as like creators, it's like we are usually going to these events, but in a way it's so much easier to be like producing content at home, like trying to, you know, like when you're out and about and like shooting things there, it's so much more difficult. So it's like, yeah, it's so nice to see all your friends and to see everyone. But think of all like the time and money and just I say Mm -hmm. definitely time like you're saving so much time by not traveling and just being able to produce it. As soon as you are done, it's like, okay, let's do it. Let's get this video up. So I right. kind of like it, but and You I make don't a good point. Like a lot of people who don't do what we do and kind of watch us from the sidelines are under the impression that we get all this free travel, free food, nothing is stressful. Everything's paid for. We don't pay for anything out of our pocket. Everything's leisurely. <laughs> we have these cozy relationships with these companies and we don't really have jobs. We just float out there and just talk to a camera and everything's great. But that's far from the truth. I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. I saw when you guys were making the video on the new Sony camera, you Mm -hmm. were doing a lot of traveling, a lot of posting on Instagram. Hey, look at all this stuff that we're doing. Looked fun. But I knew in the back of my head, especially when the video came out, I was like, oh, okay. That was not, I mean, things are fun to do, but that was not all Mm -hmm. just fun. You were actually at work trying to put something together under a deadline that would look good, that would be informative, and ultimately that people would want to watch. That's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure that we're under with a lot of these devices. That was a lot. Yeah. I mean, thankfully, like we've had a close relationship with Sony. So when they reached out, they're like, hey, we have a very, very small amount of devices. Like we would love to give you and your sister one. And I mean, they know we were like, we want to make the best thing possible. So we want to go plan a trip, which is obviously really hard now during COVID as well. So we're yep. like, well, Utah is pretty open and I've always wanted to go to Moab. So they they actually were very supportive and they're like, we're going to cover, you know, here's like a budget for travel. So even that, because we would have been paying for it because like we were like, we want to make this content. So Sony right. was actually very supportive in that nature where they covered the travel mm-hmm. and the trip. But yeah, it was a lot. We were shooting like 16 hour days for, we originally were only going to go for four days, but we only had one camera and trying to capture like all of the Mm. content because the Sony a7S three, it's, you know, it's going to be, it is incredible, but it's known for its low light capabilities as well as the new 124 K. So we're like shooting all day in 105 degree weather and then trying to capture the sunset and then we're like, well, we ha- now we have to do Astro because it's you know in the low light. This is this is what this camera was basically made for. So we're like shooting all day, staying up all night until like four or five a.m. and then trying to shoot the sunrise. And we're like, wait a minute, this isn't sustainable. Like this is really fun, but at the same time, like we were dying. We're like, yeah. this is not sustainable. Like, we can't keep doing this. So yes, it was really fun, and all the content that we posted, we're like, ah look at us, look at us. But yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of work. And like people, unless you are in the industry and you do it for a profession, like you don't really understand that. Yes. So upcoming product launches, we have Apple, obviously is going to be a large one. Google has one. Well, they have the Pixel 5. That's rumored the Pixel 4. A 5G, that's also rumored, which would typically be Mm -hmm. a press event. CES right around a corner is going to be digital. How are you feeling about these things? 
do you see this as a positive kind of going off what you just said to where less travel means faster turnaround times or are you kind of wishing that things would be over and back to normal? I mean, a little bit of both. Like I obviously miss like seeing everyone at events, but from like a work standpoint, like I feel like these events and doing everything digital and if these companies are able to send you, you know, early access to the devices, mm-hmm. that is way easier. It makes our lives easier. And if you think about it, you know, because sometimes the companies do pay for travel. Sometimes they don't, you know, it just depends right. on, you know, a lot of the time. Yeah. Like we're paying for our flights to wherever this is being held. So if the companies are paying for it, they're saving money if they're doing it digital. If it is digital and we're paying for it, we're saving money. So at the end, at any of it, someone is saving money by doing it yes. digitally. And we're able to make this content faster and with, you know, our setups without traveling. So I kind of like it. I don't really know what the solution is going to be when things do go back to normal or or if they Mm -hmm. ever will. So I'm very curious to see what's going to happen. Yeah, for me, I kind of agree. It is like what we do is kind of a it's one of the more lonely professions (laughs) you can have. Like a lot of our peers that we know are online. So we know people through Twitter and through like group chats and video chats. Mm -hmm. But well, at least for me, like my time to like hang out with people is at these events. And during a normal year, these events happen. There's at least one per month. Something's happening Mm -hmm. somewhere at least month per month. So I'm seeing people every few weeks when it gets crazy. Like I remember last year, there was a period of one week where, so I'm in Seattle. I had to go to Mm -hmm. New York city for two days, fly back to Seattle for, because I had something I had to do here. That same day that I arrived in Seattle, fly back out to New York on a red eye and then oh my gosh there for under 48 hours to San Francisco and then back home so like that's the craziness of what we do and so not having to do all that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. just being just being home it just feels weird like being able to relax it feels does. weird just being I don't have anything to I don't have nowhere to go yeah I'm just here I'm just hanging out okay all right yeah. Interesting. Like my big event is like, oh, I have to go to Whole Foods to get groceries. <laughs> like, it's so weird. And like, like you were saying, like, think of all that time that you wasted on a plane. Like, you could have produced yep. so many videos You're or right. podcasts. Like, when you think of it that way, it kind of makes you like upset. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right because if Samsung is doing a pre-briefing, usually that means we get between sixty and ninety minutes with a device. Mm-hmm before anyone else gets to see it. So mm-hmm. that cross-country flight is so that I can attend a 60 to 90 minute briefing. So mm-hmm. that's 12 hours in the air, an hour to and from the airport each way, getting a hotel. Pay, like, So you're right. There is a lot of advantage to just the way they did it this time. They sent over the Galaxy Note and it's like, hey, we're going to do a briefing over Zoom and we're going to send you the device. Don't say anything about it until this date. Yeah. And that was it. Okay. It was great. Fantastic. I'm like, Fantastic. okay, thank you. I'll check my mail. This is great. <laughs> Easy. Yeah. And yeah, uh, flying to New York, that's something I don't miss. <laughs> I'm in mm. Los Angeles and it's just something about New York. Like it's a long flight. And when you get there, it's just a longer taxi or Uber. Yep. It's just such a, it's, it is expensive. It's very, very expensive. So that I don't miss flying to New York, but okay. yeah, I wow. mean, it does come back to like, I know, sorry, New York. It's just hard to get there. <laughs> I mean, I, I was, I am a New Yorker, so 
I grew up I in New just, York City. It's hard to get to. It's hard to get to. It is hard is to get not? to, but once you're there, it's great. From That's the all West I'm Coast? saying. Once you're there, true. it's great. That is true. It is great. It is. It's lovely. It's just, man, I always get really car sick. So like after my seven oh, hour no. flight, I have to get in the car. And then it that just kind of sets the tone for me. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so you know what? That, that makes sense. Like the car sickness has programmed you to dislike the place it's that weird. you landed. I get it. That and the one time I was on a, a flight from L.A. to New York and I had like four mimosas and I got really sick. So now that also <laughs> is kind of I don't drink anymore. I want to blame the mimosas. <laughs> nice. Nice. OK, let's talk about this new Nomad charging pad. We were talking Ooh. before we started. I was offered one in an email that I missed and did not see. So I have not used it. Oh. But you said Justine has one, and I assume you know, you can kind of break this down for me. Like, because Nomad has a charging pad that I use every night. It charges my Apple Watch, it charges my, what else do I put in there? The AirPods and my phone. Mm -hmm. So what's different about this? So yeah, I mean, I don't know if I missed the email or maybe I didn't get this email. But yeah, my sister has one and I was very, very jealous. I think she posted her video today. But it's really cool because you can do three wireless devices at a time. And I mean, you know, you're in the tech industry, especially doing these reviews, you have a lot of phones. So I'm charging at least two phones every night or my AirPods. And, you know, I think we were all very kind of sad when Air power wasn't a thing. And Mm -hmm. something about Nomad is that they make very, very good quality devices. Absolutely. I have some of like the Mophie ones as well. And like I've had some trouble with them. So I've definitely migrated more towards the Nomad ones. So I think that using this as a solution to charge, you could charge up to three devices at once. I'm pretty excited. It definitely is a little pricey. I know people were kind of upset that it was like $230. But if you're thinking about the technology that's going into this, you know, Apple's main concern was we don't want it to what catch on fire. So right. it's not like it's just something you want to cheapen out on. Like you want it to be a good quality. And yeah. I haven't t- I haven't used it yet, but I've heard good things. Okay. And the other thing about Nomad, they use like real leather on their mm-hmm. stuff, which is not cheap. Like no, some yeah. people don't like leather because of Ooh, yeah. animal cruelty reasons. But mm-hmm. if you don't mind leather, their stuff is high quality, like they use high quality leather in their products. So For it's sure. not just a cheap plastic puck that you put on your desk <laughs> and put your phone on. They, they put some care into their products. They do. They really do. And I've actually been using one of their leather iPhone cases for quite some time now. And it's not scratched. Like it's in really great condition. And I mm-hmm. do not take care of my devices. Like this <laughs> has been thrown in backpacks. It's been thrown on concrete. Like it has been... You know, been put through some things. It's been and thrown it's on concrete. Yeah, well, not on purpose. It just like oh. falls out of my hand and just falls. <laughs> <laughs> I was on a run the other day and it fell out of my pocket pants. I was like, oh, geez. So it's been put through some things and it protects my phone and the leather still looks incredible. So they they definitely put a lot of care into their into their products. For sure. Speaking of chargers, Bloomberg had a report today that Apple is working on what they say is a less ambitious wireless charger. Less amb- I don't know if they should phrase it that way. Less ambitious. I don't think <laughs> Apple's going to say it. I don't think that's going to be how like, Phil Schiller or whoever takes the stage if <laughs> Phil's not doing it anymore. We're being less ambitious with this product. But AirPower, for those who don't know or don't remember, the concept was pretty simple. It was a mm-hmm. wireless charging pad that you can place 
up to three devices on, including an Apple Watch. So your Apple Watch, your phone, your AirPods, or two phones, etc. And you can place them anywhere on the pad. And no matter where you place them on the pad, they will start charging. And that solves the very first world pain point that mm-hmm. current wireless chargers require you to like line up the coil inside your device with the coil inside of the wireless charger. And if you don't get it perfectly right, you're either going to have a very slow charge or no charge at all. So you might wake up to a dead phone that did not mm-hmm. alarm you to wake up and you missed your flight or whatever it might be. So <laughs> Apple was going to solve that with this. But what happened was they had so many coils inside in order to charge your devices, no matter where you put them, that it would overheat. So it was just overheating all the time. And that would not be a good thing. We remember the Samsung mm-hmm. Galaxy Note 7 how that kept overheating and had to be canceled. So (laughs) less ambitious wireless charger. But my question becomes, it's very rare that Apple releases something that doesn't have some sort of spin on it from the norm. Like it's very rare that Mm -hmm. Apple just says, we're just making this same thing too. It's no different than anything else out there. It's just ours. Like that's pretty rare. They always have some sort of, well, here's our spin on this. How do you have a spin on a wireless char? Like, what is there? What can you do if it's not going to be air power? Like, why would you buy an Apple one versus any other one out there? That's a good question. I mean, I feel like they were just at this point being like, hey, we are working on something just to kind of keep like the competition. Like, hey, don't worry. Like, we're going to come out with something. Obviously, we have the, the Apple sheep, as people like to call them. Yes. Like, well, I'm going to buy apples because it's going to work. But yeah, it is very interesting going back to where you were saying you line up the coils. I tweeted the other day that my phone hasn't charged for the past three nights because I'm just like so tired and I'll just like throw it on. I think it's the Mophie one and I'll just like throw it on the charger. No. I would wake up, my phone's at like 5%. So then throughout the day, I'm like just tossing it on other chargers like here and there to like just make my phone survive. And I'm like, ah. So then finally, a couple days ago, I was like, I'm going back and I'm plugging my phone in I'm going back to the old school method. So I am looking forward to either the Nomad or if it's Apple, like not having to perfectly line up my device, like just charge, just do it. Please. Have you abandoned <laughs> wired charging? It sounds like you've abandoned wired charging. I haven't really, but I don't know. Like it's weird because I only I have like the one that came with the iPhone, that cable. So it's yes. like it was too short because if I'm in bed, like, you know, I got to like awkwardly yeah. lean over and then I'm like, ah, it's not really worth it. So then for a while there, I did abandon it. But then the past couple of nights, I've just been so tired or I guess I wasn't lining it up properly. And then on the fourth day, I'm like, I cannot go another day without like a dead phone. Like I'm just plugging it back in. But I mean, I feel like throughout my house, I like on my desk, I just have wireless chargers like here and like upstairs, like my kitchen. I just kind of have them throughout my house. So if I'm like doing something, I'll just like set my phone down to get some charge. But I mean, the most reliable is the wired charging and I kind of like it. It's just, you get tangled. Right, right. We're going to talk about iPhone 12 leaks later, but one leak that was kind of early on was that there seems to be a circular magnet array in the back of the iPhone 12, which supposedly would force it to line up with a wire charger because the magnet array circle is around the charging coil. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe Apple's charger is also going to have these magnets in it so that when you put your phone on it, it magnetizes 
in the right way, in the right orientation to perfectly have the coils be aligned. I don't know. The rumor is that in the next year or two, Apple is not going to have any charging ports on their phone. (gasps) So maybe this is this is their way of getting us towards that wire free Nirvana. No, (laughs) I'm not ready. (laughs) But then what if there's a magnet? Would it stick to other things? Yeah. Why not? Because if it's a magnet, anyone can anyone can use it. Yeah, do you really want your phone like sticking to your refrigerator or I don't oh maybe actually. Oh, see, well, I was thinking on. that would be a right. Now I was I'm like inter- that's a, that's now a I'm interested. Exactly. You can mount mm. your phone onto anything. Oh my gosh, you don't even need a tripod. Okay, now I'm interested. Nope. See? There you Cancel go. You just everything. need a metallic thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we go to break, last Apple thing of actually it's not because we're talking about iPhone 12 after the break. But today's Apple news, Final Cut Pro 10 got a big update. If you are a video editor who uses Final Cut Pro, there's some cool stuff here. You've been trying it. You've been checking it out. I downloaded it, but haven't gotten into it yet. But there were a few things that stuck out to me, namely as someone who sometimes needs help with editing because I'm so busy, although now I'm home more, it's not as crazy. But there are times where I've had like 50 gigabytes of footage and needed to get it to an editor who is somewhere across the country, if not the world, who knows? And it takes forever to upload Mm -hmm. and then download on their end. And one of the major features now is you can easily share your projects up to one twelfth of the size with someone Mm -hmm. else. That's crazy. That's a time saver. Yeah. I'm on board. I mean, all the new proxy stuff, I think it's incredible, especially because going back to when I was filming with the new Sony a7S III, the 120 footage was, I mean, it was still manageable, but the file sizes were definitely bigger. And especially if yeah. we're going to be recording with like the Ninja Atmos 5, like it's just, the files are mm-hmm. huge. So I only edit on my MacBook Pro and it was having a mm. little bit of difficulty. There's like a lot of buffering and it was really, really kind of struggling with these bigger files. So I don't know why I didn't edit with proxy then. I'm just like, no, I'm going to do this. But once the camera's <laughs> out and I'm recording nothing but on the Sony a7S three, like I'm definitely excited to do more of the proxy stuff. It's going to save so much time and it's going to be incredible because I'm always sharing files with like my sister as well. So Mm -hmm. just being able to quickly just send that over with like, you know, the iCloud, it's going to be incredible. Yes. And then the other big feature that you were telling me about, which is also a time saver. Again, when you are a creator online, at least in my opinion, and I try to tell Mm -hmm. people this often, it is not a good idea except in very rare cases, to focus solely on one platform, put all your eggs in one basket, Mm -hmm. as opposed to trying to have a presence everywhere that you can. And one of the difficulties of that is when you do video, like we do, you optimize for YouTube, obviously. And then Mm -hmm. you want to put your videos, whether it's clips or the full video, whatever it might be, on other platforms. And these other platforms may not have the same aspect ratio support. So then you have to like Mm -hmm. re-edit or sometimes keep in mind when you're shooting that you want this to be okay for both a 16 by nine aspect ratio and a square. So I'm to make sure I'm in the middle at all times and all that. Well, Apple is using machine learning to basically, I don't want to say this the wrong way, but it basically sounds like they will take your edit and then further edit it or optimize it so that it will look good in other aspect ratios. Is this right? 
Yeah, pretty much. So I've been using Final Cut basically for, well, I, I was like, I started on iMovie 10 years ago and then I've been using Final oh, yes. Cut you know, for like seven, eight years, probably longer. So for me, this is exciting because I'm, I've always like, I feel like I'll edit, I still edit all of my own videos. So once I get like my entire YouTube video done, I feel like I'm like, ah, oh, now I have to do social. Like I don't yep. want to, like, I just want to be done with this project. So yeah, <laughs> what I'm excited about is say I have my project. I can then right click and go to duplicate project as. So that will take mm-hmm. your project and you can then select which format. So I could select, uh, there's now thing it literally says like vertical, or if you're doing the square, you can do the square. It will copy your whole timeline and then it will basically use the machine learning, but you can obviously still adjust manually and it will still show you the whole frame, but it will keep the highlighted section of what you're going to be seeing yeah. in that frame. So you can adjust it. And I think they were saying it's usually around like, 80 90 percent pretty accurate like very minor adjustments have had to be made so far from people who have been been using it so anything that you have in your timeline will then just be automatically you know in that format and basically it'll kind of show you what you think you're going to want to post i haven't tried it out yet but i am excited because you spend so much time just like doing those little cut downs for all the different platforms and it's a lot i agree no that sounds yeah Amazing. That's almost Adobe level. Like every year, Adobe will have like some cool new thing to show in Photoshop that looks like magic. Mm-hmm. This seems like Apple's little bit of software magic. For sure. That they've done here. So, I'm ready. Yeah. Okay. That is the opening part of the news. After the break, we're talking about major leaks. Major. One of the few major leaks that has come regarding the iPhone 12 up next on Geared Up. Welcome back to Geared Up, brought to you by National Car Rental. I'm Andrew Edwards, and it is now time for the National Car Rental Story of the Week. As you know, Geared Up is sponsored by National Car Rental. And if you don't know, I also do a show with National Car Rental on YouTube called Technically Speaking, where I bring you the latest, my picks for the best tech for business travel. Whether you're business traveling or even whether you're going for leisure travel, there's a lot of tech out there that can make your travel more efficient or even more fun. You can check these episodes out at the nationalcar.com control center or go to youtube.com slash nationalcarrent. The latest tech puts you in the driver's seat. National Car Rentals Emerald Club will keep you there. Once again, big thank you to National Car Rental for sponsoring Geared Up. All right, Jenna, you are an iPhone user, right? I Your am. primary, primary device. Mm-hmm. One secret that not many people know is I found, we talked about going to all these events earlier, every single tech creator that I know, even if their content implies that they are anti-iPhone, everyone carries an iPhone either in their hand or in their back pocket or bag if their Android is in their hand. And that does that is mm-hmm. not the same when it comes to Android devices. I know plenty of people who carry an iPhone and that's it. And the rest of the people carry an iPhone plus an Android device. But it's very rare in our profession to find someone that's just like, you know what? I'm good with my Galaxy S20. Nothing else needed. Mm-hmm. So anyway, just an aside, just a little aside. iPhone 12 is coming up either sometime in between the next month or two. And mm-hmm. so obviously the rumor mill starts kicking up dust. Things start happening. People like John Prosser start hitting Twitter with 
exclusive <laughs> leaks. And this is interesting because this leak is actually screenshots from a development iPhone 12 Pro Max. So it's not just, I heard this, but it's take a look Mm -hmm. at this. And the screenshots show some interesting stuff. So let me pull it up and let me get your feedback on this. So last week, John Rettinger on the show stated, if Apple does not release the iPhone 12 Pro with 120 hertz displays, man, what did he say? They need to be either... They need to be ashamed or it was like, there's no reason that they should not have this feature in 2020. That was his assertion. Now I said back to him, listen, John, they may want to do this. But one thing about Apple is they sell so many phones that the reason why a lot of features don't come to them early is because they need to be able to have the inventory to put 120 million of this part into phones with no delay. If they can only get 80 million, they're going to not put that feature in because they don't want to not ship iPhones until they can get this piece in. So Mm -hmm. that's why you'll see some Android devices that don't sell in high volumes have these crazy features sometimes. It's because they may only need 500,000 of this part where Apple would need, you know, almost 200 million. And maybe the maker Mm -hmm. of that part can't make that many. So what we see here in these screenshots, let me pull these up. First of all, there's a toggle. So these are all settings toggles. There's a toggle for LiDAR, which confirms the presence of the LiDAR sensor in the iPhone. Under the sensor, it says, this enables LiDAR-assisted autofocus and subject detection for video and night mode. How do you feel? I mean, (laughs) here's the thing. Like, even back to like the 120, like for me personally, like I, I don't think it would really be much of like a, a game changer, like a deal breaker. I agree with you. Like it I is a really, you. really nice feature and like I love it. But for me, like it really doesn't make that big of a deal. Now, right. I mean, jumping probably way ahead, but having it on the Note 20 and like the Galaxy devices back to gaming, like I'm excited personally for like the Xbox yes. Game Pass, like that coming, like that is, I'm excited about. But for an iPhone... I don't know. It's not going to be it's not going to be a big deal breaker for me. Right. I but, feel like oh, it's man. a it's a big feature for, for like the tech nerds of the world, but the average consumer mm-hmm. out there, I don't even know if they'd notice. Maybe they'd just be like, "Oh, my screen feels a little nicer." Okay. Like they wouldn't even really get, yeah. you know, appreciate the full effect of it. When you have it on and then you turn it off, you're like, "Oh, okay." But if you're just opening your phone for the first time and like that's what you're used to, then you're mm-hmm. probably not going to notice. And doesn't it drain your battery more? Yes, like, yes, absolutely. Yeah, in it's fact, a battery killer. <laughs> yeah, on the Note 20 and the S20, etc., it's interesting because they'll announce like 120 hertz, and they'll also announce like this resolution, like 1440p or whatever, or 2K displays. So they'll announce these two things, but they don't say in the announcement, well, you can't use them both at the same time. If -hmm. you want to use the 120, you have to bump down the resolution to 1080p. If you want to use the 2K display, then you can't have 120 hertz. So it sounds more impressive than it actually is when you receive it because these two great features of the display, you can only use one at a time. And yes, Mm -hmm. when you do enable 120 hertz, your battery gets destroyed. Now, the one thing though about the Note and about how Apple does 120 hertz is that it is adaptive. So 
it's not in 120 hertz mode at all times. So let's say you're gotcha. reading an ebook while you're reading the page, it'll go down to 60 hertz, maybe even lower. And then when you do the page turn animation, it'll instantly bump back up to 120. And then once it's static again, it'll go back down. Or if you're watching a 24 frame per second movie, it'll stay at 24 frames per second. So gotcha. that will actually well, save your sense. battery. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That makes sense because that would just be a lot of unnecessary 120 action. Right, for sure, <laughs> which a lot of phones do. Not every phone does that. Yeah. So back to this LiDAR thing. So they're oh, yeah, saying LIDAR. they are saying that this is for improving video and night mode pictures. So daytime mode pictures, just reading from what this says, doesn't benefit at all. This is about night mode. Huh. This is about video. Night mode. I mean, seeing some of the quality, like at the night shots that come out of other devices... It's kind of shocking. And I yes. know everyone was like really excited when they had like the long exposure from like the iPhone. Like I did yep. some some like light painting and it looked cool. But then the other day I tried to take like a picture, like a 10 second exposure on the iPhone. I was like, this is really, really bad. <laughs> like this is this is just absolutely terrible. So I think that they definitely have some room for improvement there, yes. um, especially considering things I've seen from other phones like the pixels and just. Yep. Some Astro, one of my friends, I can't remember what device it was, but he did like a four minute long exposure of like the Milky Way. And I was like, wow. oh, this on a is, phone? You could never, yeah, on a phone. I'll have to send it to you. Oh I was like, God. this is insane. You could have never done this on an iPhone. Like, it's not even possible. Right. So I think that they definitely have some competition and room for improvement. Yes. Although the LiDAR laser is not going to reach the Milky Way. So that's yeah. unfortunate. That's unfortunate. Well, um, <laughs> that's okay <laughs> they also have well actually maybe this is it right here because there's another toggle that i didn't notice until right now enable enhanced night mode which allows you to do extended exposure times especially with a tripod or steady device or steady surface okay maybe that's it that maybe could be minutes. it i mean because i feel like now you can only do what like 30 seconds or 20 seconds on the iphone if you I think if it's 30 seconds, that would be the absolute max. It may be 20 I think seconds. It's, it doesn't it's go that 20 long. Or I'm pretty sure. It doesn't go that long at all, no. So the fact that like some of these phones can do four minutes and they're able to get these results, yeah, it's, that's a big difference, 30 seconds and four minutes. Right. Okay, here's the next one. This is the one that touches on John Ranger's hopes and dreams. There's a toggle <laughs> that says enable high refresh rate. Attempting to enable high refresh rate on unsupported hardware may provoke unexpected behavior. So it looks like this might just be a toggle for people who are testing the phone and maybe not one that would be publicly released, but high refresh rate is under display settings and it's not on our phones today on our 60 Hertz yeah. phone. So this would imply that there mm -hmm. would be actually there's another toggle right under it. Let me stop talking about implications there's another one that says enable adaptive refresh rate. If enabled, the device will alter the refresh rate from 120 hertz to 60 hertz in accordance to the content displayed on the screen. So that's what I was talking about earlier with like if you're reading an ebook or whatever. So it says right there in plain mm -hmm. as day, 120 hertz. So Apple has devices in-house that they're testing right now that can do 120 hertz, which I guess is good. Yeah. But the problem I mean, is, oh, go ahead. Let me, let me, let me hear what you have to say. No, I was just going to say that it's good that they're testing, but like, is it going to be a thing? You know, like, exactly. The we don't know. Is, <laughs> it's been reported that the displays 
may support 120 hertz, but there may not be enough of the display driver, which is a chip that goes into the phone to handle 120 hertz. Apple may not be able to get enough of those. And if Mm -hmm. they can't get enough of those, then they're going to sell iPhones that could do 120 hertz, but won't because it doesn't have the necessary component to handle it. So do you blame Apple for that, though? Do you say Apple should be ashamed of themselves for being so great at selling devices that (laughs) their suppliers can't keep up with the number of phones they need to sell? Basically, do you agree with me, Especially now. (laughs) Well, well, that's not a fair question. (laughs) Well, it's hard too now because it's like considering everything that's happening in the world, it's like production was just, you know, at a halt. Like it's just was stopped for a while because the world was basically shut down. So it's like not only were they probably not able to produce these mass numbers before all of this, like now they have that added on. So that is pretty tough. But it's like if you know that this is going to be something that you want and it's going to be selling in these units, then maybe you, you know, start a little bit sooner. (laughs) I'm I'm really not sure. (laughs) Or if it's like this is only going to be in the iPhone 12 Pro Max or whatever right. they're calling it. Like, That's the other rumor too. Just having it in that one device where, you know, you have the option. That's, it's hard. I mean, it's also kind of hard because it's like, it's going to be interesting to see what are their sales going to be like, you know, with like unemployment, just an right. all time low and all of that. Like, are these devices going to be selling? How many people are going to be buying them? There's just so many unknown factors. So that's That's tough. true. That's true. But there is also the super small mini iPhone 12 coming. Yeah. Which is basically, I think the rumor is going to start at 649. So cheaper than an Mm -hmm. iPhone 11 and still be 5G. People have been upset. Like you've heard about like the rumor that Apple may not include the charger in the box, right? Yes. So people have been upset about this. But if you look at what Samsung did when they went with an all 5G lineup, their cheapest phone was $1,000. Cheapest mm-hmm. phone. Apple That's is saying, lot. we're going to put 5G in these phones. We're going to start at 649 but we're just going to take the $20 charger out of the box. So if you need a charger, mm-hmm. it'll be 679 and we're still like $300 away from the cheapest Galaxy S20. I think it's fair. You know, chances are, I I think it's fair too. I mean, I, oh gosh, I was organizing my cables earlier today. Like I had this big box of cables. It was terrible. And (laughs) I got stuck. Like I dumped out, I was like organizing all of my cables and like rolling them up. And I had so many iPhone cables that I've, you know, accumulated over the years. So for me, it's not a problem, but Say you're a first-time iPhone purchaser, like having that option, like obviously you can buy a cable anywhere. So right. I understand. And, you know, back to like them probably not wanting all this waste. You know, they're obviously very cautious yes. and careful about, you know, the environment. So I understand. I get it. And I mean, I'm not mad at it. You can easily buy a cable. It's a little annoying for some people, I'm sure. But there's cables. You could buy a cable. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I, some people call me an Apple apologist, but I really don't see. This is just me. Like if you're buying an iPhone from Apple, whether it's online or in the store, in the store, they say, do you want a charger with that? And you just say yes or no. And online, yeah. when you're checking out during the process, it says, oh, by the way, iPhones don't include this. Do you want to add this to your cart? Yeah. Yes or no. Then you just get two boxes instead of one. The second that you Mm -hmm. open them both, the very second that you open both boxes, you are no longer inconvenienced. 
you have the same, yeah. like the inconvenience is I opened my iPhone and I have to open this second box to get my charger. The second you've done that, <laughs> you have an iPhone and a charger. What's the big deal? Uh-huh. Anyway. If they I were going to get rid of anything, I actually don't even know if they were in the last iPhone, like the headphones, like the earbuds. Like I don't. <laughs> they were in the last one, but they actually are rumored to be removing that too. I don't ever use those and I feel bad. They're some of the worst headphones on earth. And then, yeah. They're not great. <laughs> like, no, they're not great. They're not great at all. So it's like, if you're going to try to cut down, I feel like that is where you should do it. Just yes. get rid of it. Bye. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. That's the iPhone news. 120 hertz seems to still be testing. We'll see if they actually are able to release that feature. We're going to take one more break. When we come back, we'll be focusing on games, video games. Yay. Coming up next. Geared Up is sponsored this week by Storyblocks. Storyblocks is the complete stock asset solution for creators like us, as well as businesses alike. They provide an unlimited library of high quality, royalty-free video, audio, and even images through cost-effective subscription plans. Through your Storyblocks subscription, you can use your downloaded content anywhere. So for John and I, we can easily head to Storyblocks when we need a quick soundbite for the podcast or some extra B-roll footage or graphics to use in our YouTube videos. For example, at the beginning of each of my videos, I like to start with a fast-moving video montage. Storyblocks gives me the options for great-looking video clips and even Adobe After Effects templates, basically doing a lot of the work for me as it pertains to making these look great. Head over to storyblocks.com gear. That's storyblocks.com G-E-A-R. Or click the link in the show notes to check it out for yourself. Once again, big thank you to Storyblocks for sponsoring Geared Up. All right, we are back. We are headed towards the end of 2020. And although a lot of people talk about how this is one of the worst years on record, and I'm not trying to disagree, but there is an asterisk. New console launches only come along every seven to 10 years. It's been a long time since the Mm -hmm. PlayStation 4 and Xbox One were released. And we're just, let's see, we're in August. We're like three months away from the next generation of consoles, the Xbox Series X, the PlayStation 5. I wanted to bring it up with you in particular because you seem to be, you're like a legit gamer. Like you will more so than a lot of other people. I feel like a lot of my friends have grown out of gaming. Either they've grown out of it to where they just don't, they prefer not to, or they are at a point in their life where they're just so busy with other commitments that they wish they could, but they just aren't able to. And Mm. when I'm looking at your social media, I don't know, every day or every other day, it's like, hey, I'm playing, I'm streaming, I'm on Animal Crossing, I'm playing Fall Guys right now. Like, you are legit out there. I don't know how you have the time to do this, but you do. So for you, I just wanted to talk about uh, the next, the consoles that are coming up and see what your thoughts were. PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, are you on one side or another? Are you equal opportunity? Are you excited about both? What are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I've honestly been gaming since I could 
probably like hold a controller in my hands. Like it's something that me and my sister have done. Like it was always great because she was older. So she would always get consoles, you know, because she was like older and then I would get to play yep. them. So gaming is definitely like in my DNA. And it's interesting. You're like, oh, I feel like you're gaming so much. And I, you know, I have a quarantine to kind of thank for that because I definitely, <laughs> you know, you're an adult. I'm an adult apparently. And, you know, real life, you have to do real things. You have to work. Yep. And I'm like, ah, but since... I haven't been traveling, you know, I'm saving all that time traveling. I kind of got back into gaming and I was playing a lot. So I was like, oh, I should start streaming. So it's kind of like work, but you know, still mm -hmm. fun. So I have been streaming and gaming and yes, the year of the consoles, very, very exciting. I'm definitely more of an Xbox person, but I do have a PlayStation. So I am a little bit more excited for the Xbox Series X mm -hmm. just because I've grown up playing xbox but yep. the playstation i'm i mean i'm gonna get it because you know i'm a gamer and a tech nerd so it's two very very good consoles and it is interesting to see what playstation is doing with just like the digital console i'm probably leaning more towards that personally interesting interesting i, I feel yeah. like i just want to have every feature possible so yeah, true. give me the Fair. disc drive like I don't know what the price, they haven't announced pricing for any of these yet. So we don't so. know don't the price so. difference, but I just don't know if I'm ready to be locked into, I mean, I say this with the acknowledgement of the fact that I have not bought a disc based game in like four years or something. Like I download <gasps> everything. Oh, okay. Why am I exactly. so, so why averse? Do you I just want to have it just in case. I get it though. I feel like, cause like our generation, like that's what happened. Like you grew up, like you got the disc and then yes. I don't know, like you had that physical disc, but now I'm also like, I have too much clutter and like mm. stuff. Like I personally would also love to have it, but I also know that like I shouldn't cause I'm a hoarder. No, that makes sense. <laughs> so like having just the digital option, like, oh, I'm, I'm on board. I'm kind of forcing myself to do right. it. Well, here's the other thing. And we don't know how this is going to go, go down yet. These new consoles are going to have larger games, like larger file mm -hmm. sizes to download these games. How many games can you even fit on the one terabyte drive? Yeah. Like, so that's also is it going to be? Yeah. So again, maybe I'm like, you know what? Like Call of Duty um, Warzone. Why is it always, there's like a new update and it's always like 86 gigabytes. What? Yeah. What is this? I mean, I've been playing Warzone every night with my friends almost every night for the past four or five months. And we're always like, don't forget to do your update. It's 60 gigs. So it's massive. But it also kind of makes me think, too, like, are we moving more towards this cloud-based gaming, you know? So it's mm -hmm. not going to be like this physical thing where it's going to be, you know, 5G. That, right. Oh God, the whole world of 5G. Like, I'm ready for it to just be here. Just give me the high speeds. Just let's go. Yep. Let's go. But, you know, moving more towards the cloud-based gaming, especially what Xbox is doing with the Xbox Game Pass and, you know, the, yep. X, the X Cloud. I am curious to see like what's going to happen instead of storing this physical data, like on these devices, is it just going to mm. be eventually pulling from the cloud? Right. Right. We don't well, let know. Me, <laughs> let me gauge your feeling on this. We've talked about this a couple of weeks in a row. I was very upset two weeks ago with Apple's oh, no. decision to not allow game pass streaming on iOS <sighs> because as someone who I use an iPhone. I've used an iPhone since the very first in 2007, every single mm -hmm. one, day one. Obviously, what we do for work, we have other phones, right? But my primary device is my iPhone. My primary tablet is my iPad. And mm -hmm. 
knowing that as part of my Game Pass purchase, so separate from Apple, separate from Android, separate from anyone else, as part of my purchase to Microsoft to be a Game Pass Ultimate member, I have this feature that I can access at no extra charge. If I chose to carry an Android device, I could access this feature. But because Mm -hmm. I choose to carry an Apple device, I cannot. This to me is almost like Apple saying, like if this was 10 years ago, we don't allow Netflix on the app store. You have to Mm -hmm. publish individual movies and then we can rate them and then put them on our store. You can't just have a service that lets you access all this, all this, this is crazy. But this, that Mm -hmm. was the future. Netflix was the future. And I feel like we're on the cusp of like the future of gaming. It's still very early, but I don't think it can be denied at this point that as 5G approaches and as faster broadband speeds are being made available, that cloud gaming and being able to game and play like these triple A titles anywhere you are on any device that you have on you Mm -hmm. in the gaming industry, that's that's like the dream. That was the dream that we had. Yeah. And I almost feel like Nintendo started it. Remember when the Switch first came out and it was like, wait a minute. Yes. I can play like the full Zelda on the plane. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. That's unreal. Yeah. And now we're, we're like getting to this next level where everything, they're so big, like you're not going to download Halo to your phone. You just, you can't. If you're at the airport, you're not going to be like, oh, let me download Halo real quick over, it's 80 gigs. Let me, while I'm grabbing some Sabaro, download Halo to my device. Like, you can't you can play do it on that. the xCloud. You can. That's what I, I'm I, saying. You know, it's great. But right. yeah, back to that. Like my main device is the iPhone. And because it's not available, like, I mean, you get it. Like you carry two devices. It's just like something that you, that you do. And I 100% wish that it would be supported. But it's like at the same time, like, I guess I understand. It's Wait frustrating. It's Explain what you understand. Wait a minute. Uh, I'm not going to let you just I mean, say I, that. Well, I, I mean. What's well, the defense? Too, it's like, I don't really have a defense. I just, I guess <laughs> I can understand from Apple, you know, they have their Apple Arcade. Is that the reason? Like, are they just trying to push their own? Like, were they not able to come to an agreement with Microsoft? You know, Microsoft and, you know, Samsung have teamed up. Was it just kind of like. Right this little click like we don't know like what's happening behind the scenes is it just this rivalry that's never going to be solved like i i don't even think it's any of that no it's just no i think what apple says in the response is that our rules say that if you're putting a game on the store we need to be able to review the game and our customers need to be able to search for the game so what apple doesn't like is number one they can't review, let's just say, Halo Master Chief Collection. And number two, as an iPhone user, if I go to the App Store and search for Halo, nothing's going to come up mm-hmm. because it's it's buried in the Game Pass app. Yeah. So for Apple sure. says, this is not how we've designed our store. But change your rules then. Like, it's weird when people are like, well, we can't do that because it's against the rules. When they're the ones who make the rules. the rules. Change yeah, the rules. Adapt to the times anyway. Yeah. So it's like, why don't they want to? Like, what is stopping them from, yeah. is it like reaching an agreement with Microsoft? Like, what, what it has is to be. it? It has to be is that. Is it just two, like, right two now, stubborn companies? Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, how can You come change ne- it. <laughs> Netflix is cool with it, right? They're cool with Netflix. They bent over backwards yeah. and broke their own rules to allow Amazon on the App Store 
not many people know this, but if you go into the Amazon Prime video app and you rent a movie in the Prime app, you're paying Amazon directly, which is against App Store rules. But Apple oh. said, okay, fine, you can do it. Amazon, you can do it. So it's not like there's no precedent here. Wow. Yes. That sounds, yeah, I did actually didn't know that. That sounds like a yes. rivalry to me then. I mean, even so, with the whole, you know, thing with. Well, I think they want the money. I think like right now. Yeah. It, yeah. You can only subscribe to Game Pass, unless I'm mistaken, on the Xbox. Like you go onto your the Xbox. PC. Yeah. Or your PC or yes, or I guess Microsoft.com. I would assume mm-hmm. Apple would want it to be where you can also subscribe in the Game Pass app and then Apple gets the 30% cut. Yeah, probably. But the thing is, is that doesn't, it's so different because Game Pass is not just Microsoft's content. It's third-party content mm-hmm. too. So kind of like eBooks, multiple people have to get paid from that subscription fee. And for Apple to take 30%, there's not enough. There's not enough money there for sure. to remove 30% and then still distribute this money out to everyone. So anyway. For sure. If you keep charging more, people are going to be like, no, I can get this cheaper over here. Like I'll right, just right. play on this older device. But now, yeah, I can't, but now we can't use it on our iPhones. Well, the good news is you have other phones, so <laughs> you'll be okay. But look, I get it. I agree. The average that. person, I though. Mean, I know. It's true. It's just not it's not an option. <laughs> I love that Xbox, like I love Game Pass. Like I love everything that yes. Xbox is doing. I love, they have, well, this was like a month ago, but they had over like 10 million Game Pass like subscribers. Like it's- Which shocked I me. I love it. It's a lot. No, I mean, to know that there's 10 million people willing to pay for this- is awesome because I, I didn't realize we were like at that point yet. Like mm-hmm. that's a big enough number to show that a shift yeah. is happening. This is not just some little niche thing. 10 mm-hmm. million people. It's such a big number that I almost feel like this next console generation is not about hardware. Like every other console generation was like, who sold the most? Who won this generation? Mm-hmm. Because the more you sell, the more developers gear their games towards your console and then kind of mm-hmm. kind of like what we do for like, it's like we put our stuff for YouTube and then we'll make it for Instagram too. But we're really yeah. optimizing over here first. But if there are more people subscribed to Game Pass than who buy a PlayStation 5, even if less people mm-hmm. buy an Xbox Series X, developers are going to develop towards where the most players are. And if more players are playing on Game Pass than on PlayStation... That is a big deal for Microsoft. For sure. Yeah. And it's even like, could that be, but I mean, they're probably going to be making more money from this subscription other than like hardware. Cause it's like, you're going to be spending sure. a lot of money to make this hardware. And it's interesting. And I just, I really like it. Cause for me personally, there's times I'm like, I don't want to spend $60 in this game. I might not like, but if yep. I can play it for free, you know, in a part of my subscription, I'm like, oh yeah, great. So it's been fun. Cause it's like, I'm actually trying out more games that I would have never in a million years been like, yeah, I'm going to buy this. So I, I like it. And I can see how like it could be something for families too. You know, it's just, it's, it's really, really great. And I love that they're also rolling it out for, you know, if you do have like older consoles, like it'll still, you know, the games aren't, might yes. not have that higher quality, but it's like, it's still going to look good and you can still play it. You know, it's not going to force you to buy the new console. So I, right. I really like that. It's a shift. Speaking of shift, let's shift over to Flight Simulator. This has <gasps> been, so many people have been talking about this game. Now, listen, I have to say, the last time I played Flight Simulator, I think was on Windows 95. Okay. And I was pretty bored. I was just <laughs> flying. I mean, think of the graphics back then, okay? Yes. The graphics were terrible. And I'm just in the air 
It's like, what, what am I, am I actually playing something? I'm just like, what am I doing? What is this? <laughs> there was so much fanfare though, around this new yeah. version. You've been playing it. Obviously graphics been. nowadays are highly realistic. Can you break this down for me? What is Flight Simulator and why does it matter? For sure. Yeah. I, yeah. It came out 37 years ago, which is, I mean, I wasn't wow. born yet, but you know, what's okay. Anyway, so <laughs> the fact that this is now a thing, I downloaded it and I automatically had a 95 gig update. And I'm like, oh, this is, this Jeez. is a beefy, it's a beefy game. So I actually have been using a dedicated PC just for Flight Sim. Oh my but God. It's very interesting because I have like the whole yoke. I have a throttle. I have a, it's called a Thrustmaster. Like under my desk right now, I have like, I don't know what rudders. any of these things mean. I don't know what any of these words are that you're saying at this point. <laughs> it's like the little controller, you know, like a little pilot. Like it's basically a simulation where you don't necessarily need all of these extras to play the game. You can play mouse and keyboard. You can play in a controller, but it's these added extras to give you that real life. Wait, so you basically experience. have like a cockpit? Yes, I have transformed my desk into a cockpit. Like right now, I had to remove, um, I can show you, but it's this simulation of like, I am flying okay, a plane. Okay, that, is a, like that has, is a steering the, wheel. This is, the, this is the honeycomb aeronautical. Uh, so like I have all these devices. I have a throttle at my feet. I have like the pedals, it's the Thrustmaster. And I've actually been using it as a footrest for right now. But it's... <laughs> It is so realistic and the graphics are insane. Like the other day, I actually it was yesterday, I was streaming. And I'm like, I miss Hawaii. Like I can't go to Hawaii right now. So I took off at Honolulu. I was giving my viewers a tour of like all my favorite hikes, all my favorite spots. What? I was like, oh my gosh. I mean, I don't know if Wait, I Wait, so you could actually to- see that level of detail where you're like, hey, oh, yeah. right here is where I would typically go for. If I was there, I'd be hiking mm-hmm. right here. Yeah, I was showing them like the Three Peaks hike. I showed them like one of my favorite places is the Kualoa Ranch. I was like, oh my gosh, like here's the parking lot. And I was like, here's the valley where they filmed like a lot of Jurassic Park. And it's very, very detailed. It's really, really cool. And I mean, here's the thing. It's like, it's so realistic where me and my sister always say, we're like, hey, what if we're on a plane, something happens, like we want to actually learn because this is how people learn yeah i wouldn't be the first person you go to if something goes wrong (laughs) don't don't get me wrong you don't want me yet i'm not ready but you're learning like all of like the technical terms and you're learning you know the knots and like the landing gear and just all of the terms inside the cockpit like you're learning how to fly a plane and it is a simulation it's crazy can you make mistakes and like get into trouble oh i have crashed a lot of landings Oh, you you can crash in this game. Yeah, it doesn't show anything. It just kind of goes to a black screen. Or if it's not a severe oh. crash, like I was in these trees. I'm like, well, how do I get out of these trees? Or like you hit the water. <laughs> so yeah, you can you make mistakes, and it it'll like tell you like landing gear. La- it will always scream landing gear at me because it's like you need to put down the landing gear. And I'm like, oh my god, okay. So it's very very realistic. And it'll take you through. There's like eight tutorials in the beginning, and then it just kind of throws you into like the real life. And I'm like, wait, now I'm in a massive like 747 plane. I'm like, you didn't, we started training little. I don't know what this plane is. Wow. <laughs> so it's, is it it's fun? very interesting. Like, yes. Is it like something, do you feel like you're playing a game or is it like? Kind of because there's different challenges. So there's like these landing challenges where I had the game before it came out. So at one point, 
I did a landing challenge at this one location and I was seventh in the world. Now, not many what? people had the game. Not many people. The game wasn't out yet. So I tried again. Seven, and people, seven people had it at that time. Well, there was more than seven people. I was top 10 and I was seven. So probably all of those devs who played the game, <laughs> I, I beat them. <laughs> I beat some of them. I tried again and I was 22,000 and like 700. So oh, I'm, geez. Okay. So okay. So I'm not top 10 anymore. So there's like those challenges and stuff you can do. And there's different things like you can unlock and you can buy different like bundles to unlock like landmarks in different places, which is really cool. And I, I don't know, I saw someone was doing a flight from, I can't remember where, somewhere to Dubai. And they were in like a actual cockpit and they were streaming like the longest flight possible. Wow. Streaming them doing that flight. So it's very, very realistic. And if you want that game like experiences, there are like the challenges you can do. It's interesting. Someone's like, I watched your stream thinking this was going to be relaxing, but you just keep crashing and screaming. <laughs> I'm like, it's hard. <laughs> like, I'm not a pilot. <laughs> but right, it's, right. Of course. It's fun. Of course. Okay. Microsoft Simulator, huge game. <laughs> you may need a dedicated PC. No, well. What it's the, a, a yoke? Did you say a yoke? Yes. Yeah, it's like the yoke. And I have the throttle as well as the thrustmaster which is the rudders for my pedals and my feet action that's a lot this all sounds like exercise equipment but I, no okay. it's not <laughs> but you can play just keyboard <laughs> keyboard mouse as well as controller it's available now on pc and i think it is coming to xbox but just pc right now yes it is it'll be on game pass yeah so that's awesome as we talked about if you have a game pass subscription when it's available you'll be able to just download it and play it no extra charge. All right. Sure. Last topic of the show. Microsoft is back in the phone business. Mm-hmm. Are they well, calling they're, it they're a phone though? Right. They're not <laughs> saying this. I'm saying it. They're not saying it. They are, they uh-huh. are continuing to be in the Surface business with the Surface Duo, which is coming in like two and a half weeks, September 10th. Soon, a yeah. dual screen clamshell Surface device that fits in your pockets. I don't know why I'm saying all this. It's a phone. I'm like, it fits in your pocket. No, it's a phone. It's a phone that Microsoft isn't calling a phone for some reason, but productivity focused Android device. Are you excited about this one? This to me is so intriguing. For sure. I mean, it's just, it's, you know, we've had, you know, foldable devices. We've had, you know, dual screen devices. I mean, I, I love Microsoft and back to like the gaming thing. Like I just keep thinking like, okay, gaming on this device is going to be incredible because it's like, yeah, you have the two screens, but it's like, you also have this like built in little kickstand. And I just, I love everything that Microsoft does. And I also am a weird Excel nerd. Like I like making spreadsheets. What? I'm weird. I I don't know. I like (laughs) making spreadsheets. It's weird. I don't know. (laughs) Think of the spreadsheets I can make. (laughs) Oh, my God. I mean, (laughs) fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, it will have Office. It will be optimized for Office. Yeah, Microsoft 365. It's going to have it all. Yes. Now, it it will run Android, which Mm -hmm. I think is a good move because the last time they tried to get people to develop for Windows Phone, it did not go very well. So now they can just tap into all the all the apps that are available on Android will be available on this Surface Duo. Day mm-hmm. one, fourteen hundred dollars. One thousand four hundred dollars. The battery is smaller than a lot of non-dual screen phones. Do you have any worries? Or are you just 
Because I don't know. Like, I feel like in tech and in a lot of what we do, anytime a new device gets announced, for some reason, people will compare it to whatever the best device is of the day. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like there's an expectation that everything should be the same. Like, everything should just be exactly the same. Because if you're comparing everything to the best, why doesn't it have this type of display? Why doesn't it have this type of you know, material. Why is it this? Mm-hmm. Like, so should everything just be the exact same thing? Then there's no, there's no difference in it's the market. Like, yeah. It's not really even like possible. Cause it's like, what, right. what's gonna, yeah. I mean, it's definitely a little bit pricey. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the battery, it's two, you know, it's two screens. Like it's going to be doing yes. a lot of things. It's like, obviously I mean, I haven't used it. Obviously, it's not. I don't have it. So I am curious to see, like, what is a day in the life going to be like? You know, normal emails, music, watching videos. Like, what is mm-hmm. it going to be like? The good news is I'm home a lot, so I can just throw it on the charger. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. But when I get right. back to the real world, you know, taking that on planes, watching movies, you know, how long is it going to last? It's a, it's a, it's a good question. I just, I don't right. know yet. It just occurred to me as I was talking and as you were talking, this is probably going to be the perfect, save for the battery, the perfect Xbox Game Pass mobile machine. Yes. Like, it's a Microsoft device. Game Pass is obviously going to be made to work great on it. And if you have, like, if you're sitting on a plane and you have, like, a battery bank, you just plug that in USB-C, plug you're in. good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dual screens so, so that so excited. you can, like, tilt it up on itself and either have your controller or use the on-screen... I'm sold now. I'm. They just sold it. You just sold it to me by talking about movies, and I took it to games. They're, yeah, I think that's like the first thing I thought. Pricey. I'm like gaming. It's yes, it's a lot, but I mean, you know, you could do it for some other things. You can check your email. You know, you can. I mm-hmm. love like the all trails thing. I'm a huge hiker, so when they're showing like the all trails, pulling it up to the map, I was like, oh, I love it. I'm like, that's <laughs> so convenient. Like just being able to, you know. Say you're watching something and trying to take notes, or maybe I'm making my Excel spreadsheet. Like having that dual screen, True. it really does add this whole another layer of like productivity. And I know Microsoft is all about their productivity. Yep. And I guess that's the one saving grace about this. I don't think Microsoft is looking at this as this is our phone that we're or Surface that we're going mm-hmm. to sell 100 million units of. I don't think that's yeah. the expectation. I think the expectation is. This is a specialized device yeah. for a specific user, likely in the corporate world, who looks at the price and says, based on what it can do, this will be worth it to me to have. So yeah. not a mass market device, I don't think, but maybe it'll be the start of something where Microsoft will eventually release a more consumer level Surface phone device. Yeah. But September 10th, if you're interested, it's available now for pre-order, Microsoft Store and Best Buy. It'll work on AT&T, Verizon, and T-Mobile. So yeah, I'm excited. Game Pass will be built in. I'm excited about that. That's what, September Spreadsheets, 15th, not I so much. comes out? <gasps> 10th. September 10th. I don't... Listen, no, for, I do for not Game know Pass, how to make a I think it's the 15th. I think the Game Pass is oh. the 15th on devices. Oh, I that's think. the public release. You're right. No, Pretty you're right. Sure. Public yeah. release of Game Pass streaming. So five days after. Okay. Mm. Not bad. Mm. How do you feel about the bezel? I feel like people are always upset. Like, look at that bezel. I'm like, whatever. I feel like people just jump on stuff and then everybody else... <laughs> I don't know. It's like if, if one person who has a million subscribers or more 
complains about something, then everybody else instantly agrees with it. Yeah. Like, how are you going to hold something if there's no bezel? Where are you going to put your thumb? That's true. That is true. Like, my big problem, I've been shooting on the Galaxy Note. I've been shooting the Galaxy Note 20 today, like Mm -hmm. shooting videos of it. Do you know how many times I've accidentally touched the display Mm -hmm. because it curves around? There's no bezel. So like I'm in the middle of like writing something and all of a sudden I'm in like Netflix. Like why am I in Netflix? Because my (laughs) my thumb accidentally touched the side. Like bezels are needed. I agree. You can't just not have a bezel. The Duo is it's it's a big device. Like having that all screen would probably also be way more expensive. So trying to keep like the price down as well as just the practicality, like. The bezels don't really bother me. I'm like, eh, whatever. Right. I'm cool I'm with the simple. bezels. And yeah, I'm cool with it. I just know people were It's upset. actually not even as big as it looks. I don't know if you've seen this video by Dave2D, but he showed that it is smaller than it looks. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm interested to see, you know, when like the, you know, a real live device is in my hands and I can make a judgment yes. for myself. I'm excited. Can't yes. trust the internet. And, that, and that's, that's what's important <laughs> is getting, actually getting a real yes. device in your hands and trying it out. Mm-hmm. For yourself. So September 10th Soon. is the, well, that's the Yay. public date. Microsoft, if you're listening. Hello. We're out here. We love you. We're ready. We're ready to show it off. We're here. To the masses. Let us know. <laughs> Jenna, thank you so much for joining me thank this you. week. For stepping in for John Rettinger. There were some big shoes to fill. I was just going to say, those are some big shoes to fill. That's yes, terrifying. But you, did but, you know, you, you, you swapped it. a J with another J, so... We got you. (laughs) That's it. That was the magic right there. (laughs) All right. Before we get out of here, remind everyone where they can find your content and what platforms you're on. Yeah, I'm on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, Instagram, basically TikTok, all of them. And it's just my (laughs) name, Jenna Ezeric, on all of them. Super original. And that is it for this edition of Geared Up. Thank you so much for listening. Of course, you can catch John and I on YouTube. I'm at youtube.com slash gear live and John is at youtube.com slash John for Lakers. Feel free to head over and subscribe to our channels to stay up to date on all the latest tech. Speaking of subscribing, you can subscribe to Geared Up in your favorite podcast app. If you haven't done so already, just search Geared Up. That's two words, not one in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, Overcast, or really wherever you choose to listen. If you like what we do, please consider leaving us a rating and review. It really helps other people find the show. Geared Up is a Gear Live podcast, and you can see more from us at GearLive.com. Thank you so much for listening. For John Rettinger, I'm Andrew Edwards, and we'll catch you in the next episode.